Hi, I'm your host, Mark Richardson, and welcome back to Remodeling Mastery. Remodeling Mastery is a podcast series, and this segment is especially important because it not only is a theme and kind of a uh, some insights on some things, but it's also a conversation, a conversation with an industry thought leader, someone who, you know, is not only sort of thinking about these things, but also is out there doing doing them as well. So I want to, you know, reintroduce uh, Michael Anchel. Michael Anchel is a design build uh, remodeler from uh, the Minneapolis area. His firm is AO Architecture and Construction. And, uh, you know, Michael is, you know, one that not only is an award-winning design build firm, but also one that oftentimes is, you know, kind of looking a little bit more forward and leading edge to some of the things that are happening out there. So, uh, you know, I invited Michael to come on and so we could talk about, you know, post-COVID for those that want to think forward rather than just kind of in the day-to-day muck. And so, Michael, welcome to uh, Remodeling Mastery. Thanks, Mark. It's good to be back again. So let's think about this post-COVID. I mean, first of all, do you find yourself either wanting or kind of yearning to look further out in the horizon? Or are you just kind of saying, okay, well, this is just fine and I don't mind house arrest and I'll continue uh, to do what we're doing? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about it, Mark? Are you you loving, I mean, COVID's like... Are you enjoying hanging out at home all day? Uh, you know, it's interesting. There, it's definitely some silver linings and some bittersweet. But I, I must admit, I uh, I thought many times, how do I escape from jail? Like uh, you, it sounds like you got a chance to and made a two week trip to, you know, kind of stretch your wings a little bit. That must have recharged you. It, you know, getting out and. Uh, and ski, I was out skiing, which is, which is what I, you know, what's one of my passions. And so it happens to be perfect for COVID. You know, it's a solo sport. You do it outside, uh, away from people in the middle of the woods. It's, you know, I think COVID or no COVID, I'd be out skiing. Um, that, I th- you know, so much of that, I think there's a, there's a mind shift that for some folks, I think we're still wrestling with it in this idea about like, you know, you were using the this language about being trapped or in jail. And um, I, I don't think that, I think I, I've been looking at it from a different perspective and I hadn't even thought about it like that, but I, I hear occasionally like people talk about it, like, man, I wish I could get out. And um, it feels like there's been so much that's um, been possible because of COVID. And I think that I've always, maybe it's, maybe it's my activities. That might be it. <laughs> well, you know, no. it's interesting. You mentioned about things that are pos- possible and I, I don't for a second want to be misunderstood with this, but about a month ago, I woke up and said, gosh, you know, with a vaccine coming and now we know who the president is and all that, you know, I think that this is going to get over pretty quickly here. And I said, uh Oh, I better, I better, you know, kind of strap on my to-do list, so to speak, and take advantage of all these things to do while you're, you know, sequestered. 
And there's a lot of things that you can do while you're sequestered that, quite frankly, that I may not have the license to do a year from now. That's a great point. You know, we kept joking about with distance learning, we could just be anywhere because the kids are in school regardless. And what pushed us into taking a trip was that the school's going to go back to in-person learning. And we were suddenly like, <laughs> man, we better go do that distance learning trip. So it, I think humans, are, we're unique in that we tend to put off um, in perpetuity, really, until there's that cliff's edge moment that forces a reaction out of us. Yeah. What was that? There was a 50s sci-fi movie. I forget if it was the, the day the earth stood still. One of those you know, where humankind is faced with certain extinction and it's only at that very moment that they're about to be annihilated that they make change, right? And it's kind of like, yeah, we've had a year and a half to learn another language and to do all sorts of things. And I think instead, a lot of folks drank a little too much wine and watched a little too much Netflix. (laughs) Boy, isn't that the truth? Well, let's talk remodeling. Let's talk a little bit about... uh, you know, I think this post-COVID uh, discussion, we maybe can take it in maybe three kind of legs, so to speak. One is the consumer and, you know, how they are, uh, you know, shifting, adjusting, that kind of thing. Second is projects. And then maybe, you know, maybe drill into the process itself of remodeling and how, you know, how that that is being delivered to the clients. And that might you know, adjust and change. But starting with the the consumer, you know, many people have read that, you know, what COVID really forced was not necessarily fundamental change. It was just more of an accelerator to how quickly many of the things were already in play happened, you know. And I obviously there's a lot of truth to that. Uh, you know, we were forced to um uh, you know, very, very quickly uh, start communicating differently, uh, mm-hmm. forced to think about things differently in terms of certainly our maybe our health. But how do, how do you see the consumer, you know, say a year from now or two years from now or whatever that period of time changing or adjusting or being in this new place? Yeah, that's it. I think that the change is. That I think you, you I think you nailed it when you said accelerated. I mean, my, I've got a friend of mine who works for Microsoft and another works for LinkedIn, and independently they both are talking about the the level of digital transformation and acceptance in culture that they saw take place. It was something like, you know, three years of adoption took place in three three four months. Um, that kind of thing just doesn't ever happen. But a lot of it happened and it was, you know, kind of, you know, like the favelas in Brazil, it was built with what was on hand, cobbled together a little bit. And I think a lot of folks are looking then to infill and build more robust structure within the things that consumers reacted to and latched onto and adopted. Um, The, the, you know, thinking about consumers, we tend to always think about things from industry perspective, but you know, it's like business trips. My, you know, my friend at LinkedIn, they are no longer flying to New York for meetings. You think about for our, our clients are those people that used to be, 
you know, road warriors or whatever and bopping around and they're, they are no longer going to be doing that. And I think that that being at home is something that um, I've seen a lot of the, <clears throat> the men that I know in my life really have been excited about how, how they've been able to be at home and be with their families. But, you know, being at home, and I think you mentioned this in another conversation too, Michael, is that, you know, while it, it, it may not be 180 degree shift, I think you were saying that there's a lot more men uh, that are getting involved in the remodeling process because they are accessible, they're home, and they are kind of uber focused on it. Maybe you can touch on that. Yeah, I mean, right. It's that their home office is is a pretty important space right now where it used to be the office that they went to. You know, if they're looking at trying to change that to being like 20 percent offsite, 80 percent at home or, you know, 70, 30 or something, like that, then where they go to do their work matters a great deal and how they spend lunch with their family matters a great. Yes. Yeah, so. I think that one is a shift. It's not like a hundred, like you said, it's not 180 degree, but it's a subtle shift. It's a subtle shift to maybe a more balanced conversation with our clients, maybe more men leading the conversation. Yeah. One of the things I'm oftentimes coaching different teams is, you know, how do you reconcile and be a little bit better marriage counselor or therapist because you need to kind of balance the priorities uh, where not too long ago, you know, that was okay. The, the one of the spouses was kind of acquiescing to the other. Whereas today, I think it's really more a little bit of a, you know, negotiation and talking about each other's priorities and, and how they communicate and, you know, uh, elements in, in talking about remodeling is, you know, is starting to change a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're both at the table for the conversation. And he actually, he actually cares about the faucet this time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. That was kind of the classic sales technique is Mm -hmm. you ask, you know, whoever you're talking to, oftentimes it was uh, uh, one of the spouses. So tell me a little bit about your your husband's priorities in this project. And you were kind of you knew that, you know, two thirds of the time it was about money and they yeah. didn't really care about anything else but money. Where now, to your point, you know, it's well, you know, he actually is uh now does most of the uh, you know preparation of the meals, so he he cares about the organization and the finishes and those kind of things. So, you know, it it is it is shifting and changing. So, what what about Michael? Or but besides just the players involved in the process, what what are the things you seeing kind of from a consumers, even kind of their what they're caring about today? Mm. Uh, or in the future, you believe when it comes to their home? Are you thinking? Are you talking like? Are you thinking like spaces that they want to? Well, caring about in terms of the, you know, even the health, for example, elements, or you know, caring about, uh, you know, more fresh air. I mean, we clearly have seen this movement out of the cities, and you know, having a little bit more elbow room so that they can, you know, uh, be have more fresh air. I mean, I, I know I shared this on another conversation as well, that I actually believe as this marches along, 
they're going to also be thinking about the next pandemic that might happen yeah. because, you know, it's almost like the folks that were came out of the depression, you know, they never forgot it. And therefore they always were prepared for the next, you know, uh, uh, depression that could happen. And that created a whole mindset of, you know, individuals. And I think what we're experiencing now, since it's gone on so long, it, it's got some parallels to that. I think that, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think we already were seeing a rise in like air, air quality monitors. Um, there was a couple brands out there were selling, you know, three, $400 air purifiers that also monitored your air quality. Um, Nest, which is a Google product monitors seven or eight different air quality components already. Um, there's a lot of behind the scenes data collection that was taking place on things like moisture. Um, that's going to move more to the consumer face. I've, I've seen on my Instagram feed more and more people post, you know, buying these things in their house and then talking about, I painted my kid's room uh, and I, I, wow, I saw the little, uh, you know, the, the, the in, interior ozone level number rise um, or we were, you know, we had the floor sanded and we thought this was going to happen and it did, but people actually invested in and interested in what's the quality of my indoor environment. And I, and I think it does extend beyond just air, although air is a, like COVID is all about the air. Um, but I think combination of that next pandemic when it hits, I don't want to be caught off guard. So make my house significantly larger and or create space for my folks to come and live with me or create a space where if someone gets sick, they can be quarantined and have a kitchen and a bathroom and let's make the expenditure. And by the way, I want HEPA filters on the on the air system and I want I want to monitor the air quality and make sure everyone's healthy. I think these are very emotional things and emotional stuff is so sticky. Uh, and, you know, for anybody who lives, who's, who's seen either a family member, he's either lost somebody via COVID or has watched a, a, someone that they know go through the loss of someone through COVID. I think it's even that much more kind of omnipresent for them as they're considering things. And we're, we're seeing it in our projects, Mark. I mean, I've shared with you, you know, Clients who previously have come to us for, you know, $150,000 kitchen remodel, right, are coming to us with a $500,000 kitchen remodel and ADU and, you know, uh, an expansion of the house or and a reworking of part of their house. Um, number of folks who are moving, switching houses and having us remodel a new house to a block away from where they currently are. We're not talking about big shifts. But simply, our house is too small, and what it will take to modify this house is too great. So we're going to buy the house, you know, a block away and modify that house. And you can work on it safely because we're not living there. So that when we move in, you know, it's our it's all buttoned up and done. I, I that we used to see that occasionally, but I feel like it's every other lead that we get now. It's kind of the same story. Yeah, that notion of, I think, in families dynamic, even kind of shifting to your point about, 
you know, I know I'm getting older and the idea of even at some point, hopefully many, many years from now, you know, moving into some sort of retirement community is just has zero appeal. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that it that the notion that you can, in fact, control a pandemic, if in fact you have the right kind of environment that you can control it. And while it's subtle and it may be further out for some, as this has continued on and on and on, I think these lasting memories mm-hmm. will be there when those decisions are going to be made. Yeah. I mean, Mark, do you have a a mask cleaning like, is, do you have a little hanging station to dry out your masks and stuff like that? We actually don't have that, but there's a collection of masks that we obviously regularly, uh, that we regularly clean and therefore they need to be hang, hung up. But, uh, you know, it's kind of like, I, I know you mentioned before about, you know, the mudroom is kind of maybe going to be rethought as a sanitation kind of filter or center in the home. And, you know, yeah. I think, that's very likely to be the case. I mean, even things like as simple and and quite frankly, as silly as it is, you know, obviously we may brush our teeth twice a day, but we've gotten to the point where we wash our hands so often. I don't see that stopping. You know, I just think it's becoming kind of an automatic reflex. And therefore, I see us continuing that. Well, and healthcare professionals across the planet are happy to see folks finally washing their hands on a routine basis. I, I you know, we have a like the key hook thing by our yep. door. We added more hooks for masks. And excellent. And masks have become a consumer item. So they're a health and safety thing. But I mean, I get uh, the number of folks that are making, you know, sequin masks. My wife wanted a a new mask for her birth. I mean, it's like, (laughs) right. And I got a Mexican hand embroidered mask for her for Christmas. Um, I I saw that there's a a company that produced a hundred thousand dollar diamond bejeweled mask. I mean, I, I think that I would never have predicted there would be a consumer culture around, you know, N95 masks. And yet, this is a, this is a, there's actually a lot of money that's going towards this very small item. I think that's indicative of something that will be around. Right. Well, let's, let's shift gear and focus a little bit more specifically on the projects themselves. I mean, we've kind of talked about ADUs, uh, you know, sanitation type spaces. Uh, what, what other projects that you think are, you know, ones that, are likely to, you know, kind of gain ground, so to speak. I don't think anything's going to necessarily lose ground, but what what what's going to really gain ground? Do you think this? Well, I mean, twenty twenty one is going to be so different from twenty twenty. The this maybe goes back to your opening, you know, comment about people's desire to get out of, you know, house arrest. Uh, there is this. Uh, kind of bursting feeling for folks wanting to do the project that they put off from last year that they've been, maybe with that is a willingness, an increased willingness to let people in their homes. And 
maybe a misplaced overconfidence in the number of vaccines that actually uh, have been administered versus the 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 idea that a vaccine exists, and so now things are now we're post COVID. But I suspect interior luxury, self indulgent projects are going to. Re- I don't mean that in a negative way, right? But this is the. I went through COVID and now I want to be comfortable. I went through, I suffered through this and now I want something for me. Um, I think we're going to see a, a real push in, you know, a fancier chair, uh, a fancier stove. Um, I've, I've had more requests for Bertazzoni stoves than I've had in 10 years, right? It's, it's a luxury item that makes people feel good and they feel like they want to spend. So I think it's going to be more inside and less about those decks and porches and fences and window replacement. I think that that like was insane last year. And this year it's going to, I think it's going to fall flat on its face for the most part. I think we're going to see a big rise in these. um, Luxury type. Yeah. Remodeling and, and, and finishes, you know, that's interesting. And it doesn't, I also, and I've talked about this a little bit in earlier podcasts that, you know, I do see a second wave and not a second wave with, COVID, but a second wave with clients and consumers that, and it's hard for me to really articulate, but I, I, I feel that there's a lot of people that have been on the sidelines that regardless of all of our, you know, remodeling activity, we just assume everybody is, you know, uh, you know, engaging in it, but there's probably a much bigger wave right behind it of people that haven't been engaging yeah. and putting it off. And now it's their turn. So you've got the the wave of the first folks that, that kind of were happy to do this while they're living through a pandemic. Then you've got another wave that now that the, you know, the vaccine is here now, okay, let's get going. Uh, they've been putting it off. And I think that's going to, those two collectively together, I think it's going to highly likely to push things well into, you know, not only through the end of 2021, but into 2022. Yeah. And, and you know, as you're talking, Mark, you made me think the, the mindset, what is the mindset of the consumer who waited? You know, what does their education level look like? And along with that, what are their priorities? And I I think it's different than the last wave, to your point. And I think even when I when I use the word luxury, don't think that means, you know, sequins and satin and all that. I think it means whatever feels luxuriant to that individual that could be, you know, organic coffee, you know, civet style. And it could be something that's actually not so much that it's expensive, so much that it feels special. Right. Uh, hyper-customized, you know, uh, difficult to articulate for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, the good news is, is if it's there and if you have, if you're light of foot enough as a, you know, remodeling expert authority, you can certainly be able to adjust and react to it. Let's talk a little bit, Michael, about process or about client experience. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just amazed the number of remodelers that kind of truly believe that, you know, clients that have, you know, preferred to not have you breathe on them will now want you to have more 
face to face once it's a little bit safer. What, what's your take on all of that? I know there's a people kind of connection issue, but I don't think consumers are really lonely. They have a lot of other friends and relatives they could get that fixed from. Um, they don't need to get that from their, uh, you know, their 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 design build remodeler or or home improvement person. That's a yeah. Uh, the, the the yeah they they're not they're not looking for the per the personal is different they're not looking for us to do the face to face I mean we've almost eliminated face to face from our process even during construction unless there's a reason for us to be in the same room with the client when we schedule our production update meetings we do them via Zoom. Um, if there's a detail that we want to show them, you know, hey, we opened up this corner, we post the photos uh, onto our platform. We tell the client, hey, we want to have a short, quick 15-minute meeting. We show them the photos. We walk them through it. It's not, it's not in person. And I think that they like that. I think that there's, um, you know, bringing a stranger into your house, right? There was that big relationship, emotional bonding thing that we did, the mini marriage it's a little, it's a little more transactional in some ways, but it also really the remodeler who is technologically savvy and has a system and platform for the consumer to move into, so to speak, is going to do a lot better. You know, where you say, Hey, this is your login. Here's all your pictures. Here's all your files. Here's this. We've created this simple thing for you to access at 1 a.m. in the morning to look at the calendar or look at the schedule and to go through whatever it is that, you know, make selections. <clears throat> the folks that have either already had that in place or have embraced it via COVID and are, are using it, I think they're going to be a lot better off than the Yeah, I think in general, when you look at so many of the processes, uh, I think the whole notion and our friends from Google have shared this, that, you know, homeowners want contact lists. They don't want to touch you. Uh, they don't need to. And therefore, whether it, it is how you communicate, whether it is uh, signing documents, whether it's making payments, uh, those are not things that, you know, you have to. Uh, kind of be more face to face. And I think as consumers actually feel more and more comfortable with this, uh, mm -hmm. you know, while the remodeler may drive it like you with your process, the consumer will be, you know, used to that and therefore they'll be absolutely fine and not wanting to, you know, have as many face to face meetings. Well, everything else in their life is already that way. I mean, we're we're the slow boat, right? We're the I don't know the jalopy, the the dodge dart, and we just can't manage to ever get ourselves fully there. Our consumers have been shopping on Amazon and googling stuff, and you know they're in their apps and they're all at work in in their sophisticated environments. And along comes you know you know Chuck in a truck, right? And Bob and his dog, and they're like, hey, get with the program. <laughs> There's no more collecting checks. You send them an invoice electronically and then they do an ACH and you're paid. It's, it's a much, it's so much better for our industry in so many ways. 
Well, one of the things, and you mentioned better, you know, you 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 know, if you think about in the past, okay, scheduling a meeting where you can be at a production meeting, you can be at a design meeting. Well, you can just pop into, you know, a Zoom gallery and be there. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to necessarily, you know, get in your vehicle or interrupt the meeting or have, you know, a posse, so to speak, of people showing up. You know, you can just zoom in and zoom out. And I think as remodeling leaders, you can all of a sudden see this as freedom, not necessarily as, you know, something that's restrictive. And, uh, you know, like I said, have a better experience, but also take a better pulse of kind of what's going on in these these different interactions with clients. Freeing is the word, I think, it's hugely freeing. Absolutely. No conference conference rooms, like how many of us had showrooms with a conference room and you get everyone in there and you get the projector thing. Now you log in and you share your screen. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So I know you don't have a crystal ball and you're not a psychic, but are there any other little things that, you know, you can kind of look out to the horizon and, 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 and kind of get beyond this, uh, you know, this COVID and, and, share any other little insights, Michael? Oh man, I wish I did have a crystal ball. I, <laughs> you know, here's, here's the, here, I'll be the, I'll be the, maybe a little doom and gloom and a little, little happiness. Uh, Mike Osterholm, who is, uh, he's on Biden's team now he's, but he's here in Minnesota and he's been advising us and he, he has a little podcast that he does and he, he's an epidemiologist and he's, uh, well-versed in this subject. And he, uh, he's super nervous. Uh, he, he says that, you know, we feel like it's sunny and he's looking at a category five heading our way. And he's not at all optimistic right now about the direction that we're heading and sees things taking a significant turn for the worse before they take a turn for the better. Now I, I'm not, I would love for it to not be that, but I think there's uh, in the back of my brain, I think I'm bracing a little bit for um, a wave of tightening and restrictions uh, this spring that could be could be a challenge for us to work through again as an industry. However, I think the initial shock of it all, which really threw us for a loop, won't. You know? Right. And I think the same is true for consumers. So I think it's more like let's not let our protocols and our systems down. Let's maintain that rigor. Um, I don't think we're out of it. I think there's still some choppy seas, but I, I, my prediction is that we will get through it much, much more cleanly and smoothly. Kind of like any remodeler who's been in business for a couple decades, your first recession is a humdinger. And uh, you know, when COVID hit, I was like, man, give me a recession. I know how to do that. <laughs> exactly. And I think we've got well, some, I think that this is our belt now. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that's the part of, you know, certainly uncertainty and is, is that, you know, you, you don't know what's around the corner and, and uh, you know, I do think, uh, you know, one of my mantras that I've certainly shared is, is, you know, if you kind of redefine what your year is and you start to look at it in a much shorter cycle, I mean, who 
created this business that has to be 12 months, you know? And when you start to say, okay, well, let's think about it as 12 weeks, not 12 months. I mean, 12 weeks, I think you can at least have a little bit more clarity and you can focus on, you know, okay, this is what I know. You can focus on what you have and the pipeline and the real life clients and real life team members. And then, you know, focus on the things that you can control uh, and, and not necessarily, you know, the things that you can't. And I think if you can put one foot forward and get through a quarter at a time in a relatively solid way, the likelihood, to your point, of getting through this is certainly going to be much greater than not. So I want to thank uh, Michael Ancho. He's been my guest today. Great conversation today about, you know, what that future looks like once we start to look past kind of this COVID environment. And uh, so thank you, Michael. And I want to thank all of our supporters, the National Association of Remodeling Industry, as well as Professional Remodeler, and certainly all of our folks that support this from LEAF and Engage and Surefire and many of the other folks that support this through their own communities. So take care, Michael. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to Remodeling Mastery by Mark G. Richardson, produced by Sheriff Local. You can subscribe to this podcast on any mobile phone using iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. 